you know, I remember when that song first came out. Um, I can remember the f- when that song first came out. It was kind of like a proclamation of that's who God was. And I think we used to sing it like, yes, God's the way maker and the miracle worker and the light in the darkness. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I sort of found like over the years, I've started to sing that song a little differently. I've tried to sing that song with more hope. Like, I hope God is these things. (laughs) I hope he is a miracle worker and the light in the darkness, because I think sometimes maybe that is how we feel, like we need that from God. Um, I know that maybe is kind of a somber note to start, you know, the 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 the, the yippee sermon of the year, like uh, going to inspire you to stay on those diets and and you know become financially uh, more responsible this year or whatever else. I'm not going to do any of those things today. It's going to be the most depressing sermon of the first of the year you're ever going to hear. And uh, you know, anyway, I hope that it'll be it'll be positive. I do want to let you know. I just want to put one thing on your radar, and then we're going to get into the sermon. We're going to have some fun today. Um, but maybe the tone of it will be a little different. Um, in, is it two weeks from today or three weeks? No, three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. On uh, January 23rd and January 30th, we're going to be starting, uh, we're going to be doing not a sermon series, but it's actually going to be a time of sharing with the church, what we call uh, Shift 22. Originally, it was going to be Shift 21, but uh, it is not going to be Shift 21 because that kind of came and went, and we were waiting on some things. You can bring up that slide, Brian, if you'd like. Um, so it's going to be uh, Shift 22, where we're going to talk about where our church is going and what we're going to try to do. It does involve some things that we're building. It has to do with some other things that we want to kind of bring you in on. And so uh, uh, January 20, I can't believe we're saying January already. Can you believe that when you were just saying December? Um, January 23rd and January 30th, we're going to be doing kind of a um, Sunday morning, almost a forum, if you will, where we're going to be telling you the things that are coming and what we're going to be doing and how you can be a part of those things. Uh, We'll send out a lot of communications, letting you know what we're doing. We're going to be changing our services for those days, uh, but we really want everybody to be a part of it. You're going to have a time where you can submit some questions or some comments, or you can ask us stuff, and we're just trying to be as transparent as we can about what we're trying to do as a church in the coming year and in the years to come. I know that usually we have uh, sermons at the first of the year that are kind of about, you know, hey, never give up, never give up. And I decided to change the title to this year to saying, just give up, okay? Um, That's really what we're starting with this year. Uh, We're going to talk about just giving up. It all started for me, and I'm sure with a lot of us, uh, we feel this great sense of fatigue or this great sense of, uh, I don't want to call it depression, but we're just, you ever, you just feel like, ugh. At, at every turn, you just, like, there's almost no words. Um, and I kind of noticed some things that in our world that happens, and I'm going to share some of these. Some of these are, I guess, designed to be funny or supposed to be funny. Um, you know, at the end of the year, everybody's sending out messages and, and saying things. I got this one, um, this, th- this Merry Christmas idea from one of my kids' teachers. It was kind of sent to the class. Uh, she is a language arts teacher, and it took me a second to notice it as well. Okay, see it? I, I, last I, ch- I mean, unless, unless that's the way we spell it in Texas. Um, and I was thinking, wow, aren't you just proud of our education system? Um, and maybe I want to say to her, you know, just just give up. I mean, it's just not, it's not, it's not worth it. Uh, our word, you know, Microsoft Word or whatever, they autocorrect these things, so we really don't need to learn how to spell these days. Or hey, here's an idea. Maybe just read it before you send it out. Uh, no, I'm joking. I mean, we all make these kind of mistakes as well. 
Uh, recently, we were, my wife and I, we, we took our family to Destin, which we kind of do in December for a few days. I know it's really a rough life. Um, but we got called on Christmas morning, and they said our, some of our flights have been canceled. So we, we were prepared for that contingency, because that's what we do. We prepare ourselves. So we drove. Uh, we, we drove. On Christmas Day, we drove half. And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, here in just a minute. Uh, but there is a sign on the road, on 287, bef- right before you get into Childress, there is this sign on the side of the highway, which I want to be in the meeting where the prison officials sat down and said, hey, we are having a problem, and we really want to make the public aware of this problem, and so we just want to put a sign on the highway. Uh, When you've driven by it a couple of times, you think maybe this is a joke, right? It really isn't. Maybe instead of uh, coming up with road signs to alert the public, hey, maybe we look at our prison design and decide how we can actually keep prisoners in rather than some of them out there in orange jumpsuits hitchhiking along the way. Maybe at this point for those people, we just just need to say, you know what, just give up. If that's really where you're at, maybe you just need to give up. Uh, There was a place, I couldn't find the exact exact sign. We saw it a year ago. There is this seafood place um, along the road somewhere. This is not the place, but it kind of gives you the idea. Now, there's something kind of fundamentally wrong with this sign, and it's not the spelling. But it has to do, and maybe it's because we live in Texas and there's not a lot of ocean near us, but I want you to know that eating dolphins is illegal, okay? They are not fish, they are mammals. Um, And we saw this huge sign, it had all these fish, and there was this huge dolphin coming out the middle, and we're like, oh, I don't know, I think we were in Mississippi or Alabama or one of those states that nobody ever should live in, let's be honest. But the, the reality is, okay, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of, of what seafood actually is because dolphins are not on the menu, well, maybe in China or somewhere else, but not here in the U.S. It is illegal to eat them, so maybe they just need to, maybe they just need to give up. Um, I think that's kind of where they are. Uh, another one that I saw that I thought was, this is so, so, uh, so fantastic. There is this beautiful retirement home, which you know retirement homes are now becoming, uh, becoming a thing. And here's a picture of a retirement home. It's a beautiful place where you want to retire. Now, if you actually zoom out, and I couldn't find a picture that has both, they built this retirement home right next to this. <laughs> I mean, imagine driving your parents and saying, Mom, <laughs> we have found a fantastic place for you to, to live. Uh, they built a retirement home, which, okay, let's be honest, it, it's kind of convenient and nice, and, and it, it maybe they just have a kind of a backyard conveyor belt. If something happens, they just kind of, I don't know how it works quite there. Uh, but maybe we need to say to them, hey, you just need to give up. This is not the, best, not, not the best place you need to do. Or if you go to some bigger cities, there's this one place that has a restaurant. Now, I love Chinese and Korean food. I'm going to be honest. But if I go up to a strip mall and I see it next to one of these stores, go ahead, Brian, there you go. I don't know that I want to eat Chinese food from a place that li- that's right next to a pet store, okay? Um, I think there's already questions about where that food comes from, and, you know, our concept is, okay, maybe we just need to give up. This is, this is not a good thing for us to participate in right now. My, one of my favorites, and this is, again, one of those language things that I love, uh, when people have asked, they said, hey, oh, are you going to be back in town? And I'll say, no, I'll just be out of town for a couple of days, uh, or, hey, I'll be gone for a few days. I've had somebody before, and I say, hey, I'm going to be out of town for a couple of days. And they're like, so how many days is that? Or I'm going to be gone for a few days. If you don't know that, a couple of days means how many? Two. A few means three. 
Did you ever know that? Like I'll say, hey, I'll take a few of those, and then people go, how many do you want? <laughs> a few, which means three. I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. It's just kind of one of these things. In life, if you look hard enough, you'll find that there are these inconsistencies that make us just think, you know what, we just need to give up with some of these things. We don't need to, we don't need to, need to push harder on some of these things. And maybe 2021, the, the dumpster fire year that 2021 was, that a lot of us probably experienced. I think maybe we feel this way about about 2021. Y- you know, and here comes 2020. Uh, we we hope oh, 22. Hopefully, we we, we kind of get rid of some of these things. 2022 is not going to be a year of rainbows and unicorns. I think we've accepted that. I don't know. There used to be so much excitement at this time of year, like, hey, we're going into a new year, and there's going to be something amazing and good. And I think what we've realized is sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes in life, the next year is not always going to be better than the past year. And I don't think that that's a terrible thing. I think that sometimes that's a positive thing. I think one of the worst mistakes that we've taught to our kids or even believed ourselves is that years always do this, that everything in life goes up. That we haven't sort of read the parts of the Bible that talk about lament or exile, or bad things. And I'm not saying that that means like, wow, let's depress people as we start a new year. But I think all of us have slightly different perspectives. We're starting to see things a little differently. You know, there is this, um, I don't know if you know this, but Louisiana has a lot of swamps, okay? If you watch TV, you can see them. There is this beautiful long bridge. It's actually not a beautiful bridge. It's really an ugly bridge. But it's a long bridge that you, that right as you kind of, as you kind of come out of, you know, Louisiana and stuff like that, it's this long bridge. It's probably, what, about 20, 25 miles, maybe 30 miles. It takes you about 30 minutes on there. Um, and, and you drive over this huge swamp. And what happened was, because some of our flights got canceled and we had to drive, we decided we were going to drive home in one foul swoop. So we left at 6 p.m. in Florida where it was like 80 degrees. <laughs> and we drove all the way through the night and we got home about noon yesterday. And it was right at about 11.30 when we got onto this bridge. And I don't know if you've ever kind of driven over water at night, but it's really almost a little eerie. The water looks black, and it just kind of doesn't, I don't know, it just just feels eerie, and it's dark, and it doesn't seem right. And we were both, I mean, we know we're on a safe bridge, and we're driving, you know, and we were just chatting, Haley and I, the kids are dead asleep in the back of the car. Um, they, they kind of finally got their tummies full, and, and, and they were deciding to settle down for the night. And we were driving over the swamp, and we were just having this conversation that maybe, maybe the last 18 months, just for us and our family, and some of the things that we've gone through, has kind of felt like, yes, we're, we're elevated out of the darkness, but it's, we know it's right under there. And, and something amazing happened. We didn't plan this this way, but it kind of just happened. At exactly 11.59 p.m., we got to the end of the bridge and came back to dry land, and it hit midnight literally right as we came off the bridge and right in front of us there where whatever town that is, they were having a fireworks display. And it was just kind of one of those things you couldn't have planned any better and there was just a moment where I think we looked at each other. We, well, we weren't really looking at each other. I was looking at the road. You know, there's that street. I don't want to waste time. But, but we kind of we kind of just stopped and we're like, you know, wow, m- maybe that's where our lives are right now. Maybe we, we feel like we're just coming off of a very dark time where there's so much uncertainty and, and, and things just haven't been great. 
And I, I feel, I believe, maybe you don't, I believe it was just a moment that God kind of said, hey, I'm going to give you just a moment as you start this year to, to fill you with a little bit of hope. Because maybe the last few years have felt like you've just been given up on. And maybe you felt like giving up. And I want to just give you a moment of hope. I want to tell you today, the redemptive word is this. Sometimes giving up is good. I know that's not a lesson that we try to tell our kids. We always try to tell them, never give up, work hard, do whatever you can. But I want you to know that there is a theological and biblical thing in the world where giving up is positive and powerful. Uh, if, If I make an admission to you today, there's some things that have happened in the last year that I really wish hadn't have happened. There's some things that, that I've done that I wish I hadn't have done. You've had this as well, right? You've reflected and gone, man, I wish I'd done that differently, or I wish something had been bad, or I wish I'd, I'd actually just given that up a little sooner and not fought as hard. When we talk about our faith, the one thing that is key to our faith, even though we always try to talk about faith being vibrant and big and huge, faith is about acknowledging self-insufficiency. The the reason why we have faith is because we are saying, I can't do this by myself. I've tried. It's not working. I think sometimes we forget that at the heart of faith is a way not for us to throw up our hands and roll our eyes, but to admit we can't actually do this by ourselves. There are some Bible verses. I just want to read a few today, and and I'm going to go into them a little bit more in depth maybe next week. Uh, but I want to I want to read just a few because it ends with a passage that we know quite well. And when Paul is doing theology in Romans, he's doing heavy hitting theology. But most of the theology that he's doing there is not about hope and good and whatever else. It's hard theology that says, "Hey, maybe there needs to be an admission that we can't do this on our own." In Romans chapter three, beginning in verse ten, he says, "As it is written, there is no one righteous." Not even one. It doesn't mean that everybody's a bad person. It just means we can't do it on our own. Not one person has been able to do it on their own yet. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God, who who actually gets there. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Obviously, He's speaking in hyperbolic language here. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and uh, misery mark their ways. Hopefully not ruin and ministry. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. For what we know, for what we know, that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sins. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. He's talking about Jesus to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's saying that this idea of acknowledging 
self-insufficiency. That, that when we acknowledge self-insufficiency, we give God healthy space in our lives. We, we, we have this moment where we say, God, I cannot do this on my own. I need you to be a part of my story, and I need you to help me to get there. This is why as the book of Romans, and the book of Romans is a heavy-hitting book, but in Romans 12, when he kind of finally gets to this climactic statement of the book, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. And what he's saying here is we cannot do it on our own. We need to throw ourselves on the mercy of God. But when we receive God's mercy, we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. And then we need to not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. What, what this text, what Paul is trying to convey to these people is to say, listen, none of us can get there on our own, and we have to rely on God. We have to realize who we are. We have to realize who God is, and we have to bind those stories together and accept what God is willing to give us. And when God bestows his mercy on us, it should change the way that we live. Another great passage that all of us have heard or we've heard maybe many times is the one that says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Yet in our world today, these words of James fall on deaf ears because we are obsessed with elevating ourselves. If you ask somebody, would you rather wait for God to do it or will you rather do it for yourself? I guarantee you we will say we want God to do it, but our actions will all be about where we think we, we need to be. In fact, a lot of times when people have conversations, whether it be in marriage or work or other things, it's usually a complaint that they are not where they think they should be. Think about the complaints we make in our own lives. It either has to do with us or with somebody else not doing what we think they should. My boss doesn't, doesn't promote me quick enough. I should have a different job title. I should be this in my relationships. I should be this. Or even in my marriage, well, well, I have these expectations. This is what it should look like. And it usually has to do with this idea of being selfish. This is why it says when you wait for God, when you understand your place in God's eyes, he will do it in his time. And when he lifts you up, guess what? It will be healthy and good and helpful to your life. If you try to spend your life lifting yourself up, God will probably humble you at some point, and it won't be pretty. I think that's a lesson. There's something about that that says, hey, we've got to give that up. We've got to be willing to set that aside so that God can do his work. When we allow God healthy space in our lives, it leads to this idea of forgiveness, or the word that we use is redemption or even salvation. Are you more on edge than you used to be two or three or four years ago? I know I am. My fuse has gotten a little shorter over the past couple of years. I'm, I'm less tolerant. When people hurt me or do something, 
I don't respond with this loving, kind, you know, response. I'm, I'm a little harder than I used to be. Do you find maybe that's happening to you as well? And maybe part of that is this is my own journey of acknowledging, hey, my, my imperfections, giving God a little bit more healthy space, because usually the places that I'm coming out a little, a little hard or a little hot are usually because that place is not super healthy inside of me. That's how it works. And yet when we give over to God more healthy space, he, he is able to do things that we cannot do. He, he leads us to forgiveness. He reminds us that we are the redeemed people. Because we learn as well that forgiveness and redemption opens us up to God's will. That's what Paul's saying. When you, when you acknowledge what God has done for you, it changes the way you live. And you start to see God's will in your life. Maybe some people say, I don't know what God's will is, is in my life. <laughs> yeah, so go back a few steps and the problem is probably somewhere there. There's something that still needs to be worked out. That maybe there's something that needs to be given up. Maybe we need to give up some things in our lives and give them up to God. Because forgiveness opens up our lives to God's will. Uh, you know, there's a great story at the end of... Um, one of the Gospels, and it's just such a human story. And I guess that's why I really like it. But what happens in uh, John chapter 21, this is a great little, great little antidote. Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's already been resurrected. He's already appeared to his disciples. But in John chapter 21, we have this honest story. It says, after, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were there. So it's, it's painting a picture. These are the people that were there. And then Peter says this. I'm going to go fishing. I mean, I don't know what else to do, so I'm just going to go fishing. And the other people there go, yeah, we'll go with you. And so they go out fishing. The Bible says they catch nothing. And there's a great miracle story that happens at the end of that. But I don't know why these words kind of resonate with me because I think sometimes this is how I feel. <laughs> like, what, what am I going to do? I, I guess I'm just going to go back and do something that I used to do. This is where Peter and the disciples are. Many of them were, were fishermen. And when Jesus calls them, and he says, hey, follow me, come with me. They leave that behind. But now that the story has come full circle, they say, what, what are we going to do? Well, I guess we're just going to go back and start doing what we did before all this started, which is so human nature. It's just what we tend to do. But I think that as we go through this matrix and as we get to the point where we start discovering God's will, is that we learn that God's will is what actually gives us hope and purpose and brings revival in our lives. Um, I think life has actually been pretty good for me for a long time. And I think most of us would feel the same way, wouldn't we? Life was just going along. Yeah, we had a few ups and downs. But something has happened that has really brought us to our knees. And maybe we, we all feel a little lost. At least I do not quite sure exactly how to move forward. I've made decisions in the past that 
I've tried to put myself out there and, you know, gotten really ridiculed for some of them, which was, wow, wow, where did this all come from? And I think that all of us are at this point in our lives, or maybe it's, maybe it's just me, that we feel differently than we used to. And I don't want us to falsely tell ourselves that, hey, a new year is just going to fix it, fix it and make it all better. That hopefully there is actually a redemptive word that comes from Scripture that says sometimes giving up is good. Sometimes giving up is positive. Because when we give up, we give over more of our lives to a God that wants it. And maybe it takes big things like this before we choose to do this. Maybe it takes losses of jobs and people. Maybe it, maybe it just takes something really critical in our lives that we have to overcome or go through. Or maybe we look at ourselves and we don't quite see the reflection that we like. And those are good moments to actually say, you know what, when it comes to my faith, when it comes to my life, instead of this this hard-nosed approach of I'm just going to work hard all the time, no matter what, which I think you should do, maybe we rather need to slow down a little bit and say, God, I need you to do some work. Not I'm just throwing it on to you, But maybe I need to take myself out of the equation a little bit. Maybe I need to just give up. Because maybe there's parts of my life that I don't need to carry into the future, but I'm holding on to them with both hands. And maybe I just actually need to release that and let it go. And let you occupy that space and do what you want to do in that. I don't know, that sounds like a better goal in 22 than just, you know, losing weight and exercising more and saving more money or paying off more debt or whatever else it is. I think saying what I really would like my life to do is I'd like at the end of this year or beginning of next year for it to reflect more of the presence of God. I would actually like to get some of these strongholds and we all have them. I'd like to get some of those things out of the way because my life is filled with signposts that don't make sense that are kind of silly and the the best that I can do and instead of actually just just making fun of, well, that's just who I am or that's just what I struggle with, maybe it's time to actually deal with it. Maybe it's time to actually look in the mirror. Maybe it's time to actually reflect on some of these things. Maybe we need to change some of our practices or our approaches or what we want to do. Maybe instead of just the confirmation that God is a way maker and a miracle worker, maybe we have to say, God, I need you to illuminate the darkness of my life. I need you to do some miracles in my life. When we talk about God being a person of revival in our lives, it usually means something is dead or it's really at the end. And maybe some of those things we need to let go and allow them to be a part of the past. And yes, it's going to be awkward and weird when we have this raw, vulnerable space. But I think sometimes God pushes us to the point that we will give up because we won't give it up on our own. He's going to have to take it. Maybe the encouragement for today, maybe there's hope in that. Maybe just let it. Or maybe ask God to reveal, hey, what are some things that I need to give up this year? Paul seems to think that God will never leave us that he will always work within us and that he will do powerful and mighty things if we will just let him. The problem 
my own life, I don't think it's because God's not doing it. I think it's because I'm holding on too tight. Maybe it's time to just give it up. So hopefully there's a word of encouragement in that today. You're going to have to redeem it, Brad, if it's not. You're going to have to take it and house it. But I hope that this year is a good year, a year that God is rebuilding all of us into who he wants us to be rather than who we think we should. Maybe he'll do something powerful through us and maybe inside of us. Father, today, thank you for just welcoming us into a new year. Um, Thank you for blessing us with another opportunity to just be in this place, just worship. And maybe, uh, maybe our hearts are already heavy. Maybe we're already tired and the year hasn't even started yet. But God, our prayer today, maybe this is our first prayer of the year. Our prayer today is that we would just see your face, that we would know that you are near, that you are doing your work. And Father, would you just help us to give you our lives, not just the parts that we're happy with or that we don't want, but help us to give you the parts that matter. Father, today, thank you for this church. Thank you for every person here. I pray that those that are still traveling, that are still coming back, I pray that as our kids go off to school for another semester, I pray that as our marriages enter another year of celebration and anniversaries, that these would be good ones, that these would be ones worth celebrating, that as we as we turn the clock over to a new year, that it wouldn't just be the expansion of time, but that, God, that it would be an intentional moment that we can step more fully into you and into your presence. God, we pray that you would bring revival and rebirth in all of our lives. We pray that you would heal our planet. We pray that you would, would help this year to be a year that we get a handle on, on this illness that we're able to come together and stop fighting about every silly thing, that that we will really lay more of our opinions aside and that we would focus more on you. We know that the enemy loves this moment <laughs> because it's keeping us distracted. We pray that we would lay down distractions, that we would lay down anxieties, that we would lay down worries, that we would lay down losses, and that we would step fully, not only into a new year, but more deeply into your presence. Please make us who you want us to be pray for your revival in our lives. We ask this